episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography, and I'm so excited you guys are here. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. So I'm so excited for this week's episode because we're chatting with Ashley from Ashley Chamblin Events, all about how to make your mistakes into wins. I love Ashley and I love working with her and I really love this topic when she pitched it to me. She wanted to talk about how we can change the biggest business failures and turn them around to be something that is the best thing that could have ever happened to us and our business. I absolutely love this idea and so thrilled to have her on the show. So a little bit about Ashley is that she is an experienced event planner, designer, craft enthusiast, and owner of a Brooklyn-based company. She offers clients multiple planning and design options to fit every budget and aesthetic, from day of coordination to full planning and design, and I'm so happy she's on the show. A few things to announce before we begin. We are so close to getting to our goal of 20 reviews in 2020, and I love if you guys could help support the show. It's just real quick. You would just swipe up after you listen to today's episode in Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star glowing review to help us out. It'll really help new listeners find us, and it also helps our ranking in the Apple Podcast platform. So thanks so much for doing that. We really appreciate it. Be sure to visit us at twjanae.com to read our latest blog posts, join our newsletter, and our super fun Facebook group. I can't wait to see you guys in there. All right, let's get started. Grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Hey there, I have a quick question for you. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast but didn't know how to get started? Well, I've got some exciting news to share because our brand new online course, How to Start a Podcast and Share Your Voice, is live. Inside this course, I teach you how to start your own podcast, edit and produce your own episodes, get guests, become a guest, and I even share how to promote your show after it's gone live. I'm so excited about this course because I know that it works. The students that have completed my online course have felt so empowered and so inspired that within 30 days, they've launched their own shows, which is truly incredible. I'm so honored to help them follow their dreams, and I can't wait to help you guys too. So to find out more about this course, you can visit us at www.twjanae.com and click the shop button to find out more, or you can just swipe up and visit us in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. We have a wonderful guest today. Ashley, can you say hi? Hello. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Oh, it's my pleasure. I've really been looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I'm so excited. We've worked together and I'm so happy to have you on the show. So let's introduce you to our listeners. Can you tell everybody a little bit about you, your business and how you got started? Yeah, so my name is Ashley Chamblin. I live in Brooklyn, New York with my husband and five-month-old son and poodle mix dog Gideon. Um, My company is Ashley and Chamblin Events. Um, We offer clients multiple planning and design options to fit every budget and aesthetic from day of coordination to full planning and design. Um, Our designs are creative, colorful, and tons of fun. Uh, We listen to our couples and clients with a calm energy, 
sense of humor, and tenacious organization bring to the table inspired ideas. I love um, that. Yeah, we we love to have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I say definitely colorful. Every time we work together, I'm like, oh, I love this color palette. I can feel you designing coming through. Oh, well, and speaking of, if you've never seen me face to face, um, I'm very well known for my bright blue turquoise glasses that I wear every day. Those are my actual glasses. I need them to see. Um, (laughs) So my my glasses always tend to send out and makes it easy to find me in a crowd on a on a wedding day. <laughs> That's awesome. So how did you get started? So I actually had a very interesting start to uh, becoming a wedding planner. Um, I moved to New York over 10 years ago uh, to pursue a career in acting. Um, and naturally, because of that, I worked in catering. And I was a cater waiter for uh, many a long time, uh, did all sorts of events and worked my way up from cater waitering to being a captain, to being an event manager, um, and realized that acting was not what I wanted to do anymore, uh, and did really enjoy working in events and that fast paced creative lifestyle. But I really wanted to focus my energy into something that was more creative um, and ideally for more of a maker's perspective. Uh, So I left catering and started working with a florist and I started working with venues and I started doing um, day of coordination to start all just by word of mouth and friends of friends and connections uh, and slowly built my brand. Um, and I've had my company now for, you know, from the very beginning, seven years. And we generally do around 30 to 40 weddings a year. So I, I like to stay busy. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's incredible. Were you in anything that we would have known? Or were you just like, still trying to act? No, you switched I- over. I, you know, I moved, I, when I moved here, I booked a show right off the bat. I did the show. It was, you know, tiny off, 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 off Broadway. (laughs) Um, It was really like Staten Island off Broadway (laughs) Um, and was doing comedy here and there uh, in Manhattan, but near nowhere again, near Broadway. Um, And it was really a, a, audition I did for a cruise line um, to be a princess. I won't say what for and uh, never wanted to do it ever again. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That's yeah. so funny. And I didn't know that you were worked a cater waiter and you did all that stuff. So that really must help you be an amazing planner because you know all the back end stuff. I think one of the things that definitely has worked to my advantage over the course of, of building my career and, and building how I um, come to the table to weddings is, is all of the things that I've done. Having worked for in catering for many years, having worked for a florist and executing weddings from a floral side and the production side of that, um, having worked with a venue and how they work operationally, what they like to see, what benefits them. Um, really, the only thing I haven't done is is the music side and the photography side, but have always had the utmost respect for the photographers because I tell you, if there's anyone else on the wedding day who knows what it's like to the hustle, the being on their feet, 
and the dealing immediately with the emotions of the day, it is, it's photographers. <laughs> oh yeah. Amen, sister. <laughs> That's why I always feel like, yeah, when I work with a planner, I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. Cause you have like someone to commiserate with or just talk to and be like, I totally get it. You know, <laughs> like oh, the, yes. the band gets there at like five o'clock and you're like, I've been working since 11. <laughs> I, I, the constant side eye glances between me and photographers on the day of, of like, you saw that, right? You were there for that. You heard that. Cool. Great. I love it. I love <laughs> but it. But don't take a picture of it. Just, right. Totally. Let's, let's just acknowledge that it happened and move on. Exactly. Never <laughs> happened. There's no photographic evidence. No. <laughs> well, I'm super excited to, to- to chat about today's topic because it can kind of be a sensitive one. And we're going to be talking about looking at your mistakes as a win, which I thought this was such a great topic when you proposed it to me because I was like, oh, I, I never even thought about that or we don't have a show like that. So I'm so excited that you're here. Thank um, you. Yeah. So can you share your thought process about this topic? Yeah. So uh, first off, I – Never wanted to own my own business. Obviously, I was an actor, and and um, but so when I first started as a planner, uh, it was my goal to work for somebody else or another company or a brand. Uh, and when there wasn't something out there that fit what I was looking to do and the type of weddings and events I wanted to work on, I built my own brand. Um, and I what felt like fell into building my company. I don't have a business degree or an entrepreneurial background. So I already viewed my ability at a deficit. Um, and this paired with my history of anxiety, I felt that I was destined or setting myself up to fail. I priced myself super low as newcomers often do and compared myself and my work to those of my colleagues on social media um, and continue to think that what I was doing wasn't worthy of my clients, worthy of my value. Um, and then, of course, I planned a wedding that changed everything and still to this day has been one of the lowest moments of my life. Uh, but am so grateful that it happened. Oh, wow. I'm so intrigued. I'm like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> oh, how much time do you have? Well, oh, we've got forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Uh, grab your tea. Um, yes, exactly. so, <laughs> uh, the, the kind of the, again, like the reason why I started telling this, these stories is, is I, I do think it's really important. Um, and the, the story that kicked it off, cause there are many stories as, as you know, as being in business for a long time, things happen all the time, every time. Um, but the, the story that kind of kicked it off and really, uh, wanted me to open up the talk- topic to a lot of people it was one of the first weddings um, I did full planning for, uh, which was going to be a, a huge wedding. And the client two weeks before the wedding threatened to sue me and the other vendors involved. Keep in mind, nothing had been executed yet. Um, this client, I mean, it was, it's insane. So I gave this client everything. Um, They had a lot of things that they needed to happen for their, from their perspective that I think were unrealistic now that I'm looking back at it Um, and were very emotionally abusive to me as a newcomer who already didn't understand my own value. (laughs) Um, So before the wedding took place, 
they became very upset. They became very worried. They started calling me, calling me at my, I gave them my cell phone. So they were calling me at very inappropriate hours of the evening, leaving me voicemails that if something were to happen, it would be my head. They were going to sue me. They were going to sue everybody involved. Um, this client had wanted a garden themed wedding. So we went shopping at flea markets and antique stores all over New York and New Jersey together buying all of the plates and the glassware so that everything was mixed mass and mixed matched and super vintage looking. Um, and on the day of the wedding, I was a shell of who I am. Mm-hmm. I, there was a vendor that walked in and did not even recognize me wow. as, as being myself. That's how affected I was. Um, I lost 20 pounds. I couldn't eat anything. Everything I ate, I threw up immediately because of my anxiety. Uh, I was obviously not operating at full capacity. Um, The wedding took place. It did not go well. The emotional abuse that was given to not only myself was also given to, that was given to all of the vendors involved. Nobody felt like they were, doing anything correctly that day and because they didn't have that confidence you know again a lot of mistakes were made Mm -hmm. um that evening I was at the venue until four o'clock in the morning cleaning and packing all of the individual dishes and glassware of this person um and then was back at 8 a.m. the next morning uh, luckily, I knew a friend that lived across the street from the venue. I slept at their place. Nice. And by slept, I mean quietly wept right, um, yeah. in their apartment mm-hmm. for a few hours until I was back at 8 o'clock in the morning to pack everything up into a U-Haul for them. Um, I never received my remaining balance, uh, which at the time I was chose not to pursue it. So that way I would end all communication. Right. My goal was like, if that's the price for you to leave me alone, not exactly yeah. for, for us to end communication, I'm, I'm here for it. Um, but I took away so many key things from that experience that forever changed my outlook on my business, on my performance and my self-confidence and self-worth. Yeah. Um, so for sharing you know, that such an amazing story to hear from a professional and especially someone who was just starting out because I feel like people who you know they're starting out and I, I know our listeners you know are kind of beginners or in the middle or even you know 10 years in like myself it's sort of like you have to go through things to figure out what you don't want to do and what you won't put up with and Absolutely. unfortunately you had a very traumatic experience but I'm sure and you'll tell us going forward, you were like, if you are X, Y, and Z, we are not a fit. Like, don't, like, we are out, you're out. And I think that's even happened with myself where I have a very rigorous interview process because I'm interviewing them as much as they're interviewing me. And planners and photographers are with their couples the most. And if we don't get along, that's a problem, you know? Oh, absolutely. And the the first and the biggest takeaway I had was trusting myself, trusting my work, trusting my value and learning that the word no, I learned after the fact that the word no has zero reflection on your customer service. 
um, telling your clients no or advising heavily against certain things is an exemplification of your knowledge and experience as a professional. People hire us because we know what we are doing. We know what is realistic. The things that this client was demanding were impractical. And in my gut, I knew better, but I believe my role was just to get them whatever they wanted at whatever the cost. And the cost ended up being my mental health and again, my self-confidence. Um, so now I'm very open with my couples and how I approach them and, and tell them, if you want a very honest experience, if you want an open book, I'm your gal. I am going to give it to you like it is. I'm going to be as mindful as I can to your emotional health during this process. But at the end of the day, you hired me to provide you with expertise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I want you to trust me as much as I trust myself. Yeah. I think that's a really valid point. So now, you know, we know that everybody kind of makes mistakes in their biz. <laughs> you know, I've been there too. Yeah. You know, how can we start to turn them around to, to be positive, to sort of be reflective and move forward? You know, when you are looking at or what you conceive to be failures, because <laughs> they may not actually be failures. Pinpoint the category the mistake falls under. Um, by that, I mean, is this something that you view as a failure because you wish you had done better or you had executed something in a certain way, uh, but was not perceived outwardly as a negative or missed by anyone? Um, or is this something that, you know, you can fix your contract, you can rethink your business and communication process. process. Um, is it adding in fail safe to your business to avoid these mistakes in the future? Mm -hmm. What would be a, uh, a fail safe? Well, I, you know, a great example of a fail safe that I have really come up with, uh, or, or that has benefited me is getting everything in writing. You know, even though there are meetings and things that happen in person, I always send a meeting recap with everything, including what I'm going to be working on, what the couple should be working on, what are the due dates of these things, um, and just constantly maintaining the division of work and labor, um, the division of uh, what you, the expectations are. Mm. Um, and it just kind of helps me to organize myself. Um, also, you know, calendars, <laughs> <laughs> calendars. I, I, I hate to say it, but it has absolutely happened that I forgot to put something in the cal a meeting with a client in the calendar and they called me and they're like, Hey, we're here. Where are you? And I'm in the middle of, you know, cooking a chicken and I have to say, Oh, I'm just stuck in train trouble. I'll be right there. <laughs> jumping in a cab as quickly as possible getting there with a, you know what ends up being an oil burn on your arm because you're rushing the chicken that you can't then leave on the stove but now you know I invite all of my clients to every calendar meeting uh that I create and it that's a fail safe for me because if there's something that didn't happen I've had clients say hey I never got our calendar meeting is what's the confirmation it it just and i tell my clients up front expect a calendar meeting for me if you do not get this please let me know if there was an error whether it be human or technology based um right. so yeah. that way we're we're aware of what the process and and communication schedule should be 
I love that. I love that you have a, these fail safes built in just to help you and help them and really just cover, cover your butt, you know, like having everything in writing. And I, I feel like I might've said this in a past podcast, but like, I don't text my clients and I don't do, I mean, I have like, I DM with them and stuff, but cute little things, you know, nothing like business wise, everything that is like specific to the business or specific to their event. I'm like, email me. Absolutely. I want, yeah, I want to have it in like a proper written documentation and email, you know, can be used in a court of law. So <laughs> I definitely want to use that. Totally. And and there are couples, I, I think sometimes it can be really challenging because you can grow really close to the people you're working for uh, in developing friendships that are lasting outside of the wedding or the event that you're, that you're executing for them. But I really came to the realization very early on through this process because this person uh, at the the wedding I was uh, mentioning at the beginning, so friendly. We were texting, we were meeting at cafes. We, when we were driving to New Jersey to pick out the place, had a lovely day in the country. But when push came to shove, she was not my friend at Mm -hmm. all. couldn't be farther from the from that um so making sure that you're taking care of yourself in the best way possible that you are protecting yourself you're protecting your heart you're protecting mental health right that's really important so did you ask for outside help when you knew you were in trouble or you knew you made a mistake so yes and no I ask for outside help in the way that I think everyone out there should, which is coming up and creating a community of like-minded businesses, people that you feel safe with, people that you feel open sharing with. Um, I reached out to a planner friend of mine who had far more experience than I did, um, and they were my rock. They were reminding me constantly you know, this, this is not you. This person is not well. You have done nothing wrong here. You have not done anything really yet. The wedding hadn't even happened right. uh, for them to be reacting this way. Just take a deep breath, do what you can text me. They were texting me throughout the event, checking in. Um, of course, when I texted back, everything is going wrong. Um, this is the worst day of my life you know, they were there the following day with Chinese food. So uh, that community of people who can stand behind you can possibly offer guidance. And I think really learn again from that experience is, is super important. Now, the thing that I didn't ask assistance with was assistance that day, which leads me to one of the biggest things that I'm, that I took away from my mistake in working with this person, um, which is relooking at my contract. So at that time in my contract, I had nothing that said that I'm allowed to bring in an assistant or an associate at any point in time, that that is, that is m- my choice, my cost if I want to. Um, there was nothing that said that if I brought an assistant in, they would be treated under the umbrella of my company. So the reason I was there until four o'clock in the morning, packing up every dish, I didn't bring on anybody to help me. I was afraid that if I brought somebody on, if they did something wrong, if their presence uh, offended 
the couple in any way, that that would then be something against me that they could use against me in the future. So I did everything on my own, which was not the way to do it. Um, and since I took a really close look at my contract and, and how I can set myself up for success there for deposits, for final balances, for assistance, for use of photos, for all of those things that I hadn't paid close enough attention to that could have helped me along the way. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's really important. I mean, your contract is really there to help you. You know, we have um, a couple of lawyers on the podcast already and it's really to protect you and your client and to give you what you need. You know, it's sort of, and everybody can make it to what they want. So I really love hearing that you learned, you made that mistake a win and just zooped up your contract to be in your favor. And you're like, if I need to bring in help, I'm bringing in help. Absolutely. And my contract went from two and a half pages to seven pages, I want to say it is now, which I think is probably a little extreme, but I lay out everything. I lay out what they what my duties are that day, what the expectations are. One of the biggest things that I added in a harassment clause. Yes. This would have saved me. I would have had the ability to leave because that was the other thing. My, my contract at that time, I had, I could not leave. I could not leave the contract without being in breach. Um, now I have things that in there that if, if I am, emotionally abused, sexually abused, verbally abused, physically abused in any sort of way I can leave at any point in time, even if it's in the middle of a toast and they get nothing. Right. Um, I've never had to enact that since this uh, occurrence, but by God, would it have been nice to have. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think it's also called the safe working clause. A safe working environment clause. I think you can put that in there too. It's like if, you know, they're verbally abusive to you or if there's a guest who's like making, you know, inappropriate, uh, lewd comments to you, you could be like, dude, fix it or I'm gone. And you bring it to the attention. But in your case, it was the couple themselves. So you they wouldn't be able to fix it first. You could just be like, peace out. See you later. And, you know, that's such a good point too of, of having that clause whatever it is that you want to call it, including the couple, their wedding party, their friends and family, all of the guests, even their vendors, yeah, anybody at the wedding, because I have had weddings in the past. Cause of course everybody looks at my contract and are like harassment clause. Tell me more. I'm like, well, do you have five hours? <laughs> no. Okay. Great. Now you can just point into this podcast. Like, here you go. Hey, I'm like, here you go. Uh, I, I've never had to enact it, but this is there to, to protect me. Uh, I don't foresee this being a problem. But I had a wedding recently where the mother of the groom was especially uh, pointed in how she spoke to me and to my colleagues. Um, and the groom came up to me after one particular exchange and said, I'm so sorry. Has she affected the harassment clause? Are you are you okay? Do we need to, uh, is anything in here nerve wracking to you that you would want to leave? (laughs) Because he paid that close attention, which also is very interesting. He, I think he knew that that was a possibility. Um, but I, I had that in there and I knew that he had my back. Right. That's good. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, you know, what would be some listen, would be some advice that you can give our listeners to change their mindset about their mistakes? I think the biggest thing to take away, you are human. You are not alone. And don't listen to Instagram. <laughs> yes. I think those are the biggest things. There, You are a human being. There is going to be human error. Things are going to happen along the way. And it's how you deal with it. It's how you pick yourself up. It's how you protect yourself um, that is going to get you out of those situations. You are not alone. Like I said, build that community of people that you can text, you can call, you can grab advice from, you can grab a coffee and just cry to. Uh, a lot of us are, you know, small business owners work primarily alone until you get to the wedding or event day where then you're surrounded by people. So it can, it can feel very isolating. So it's really important to have a group of people or a therapist or a family member that way you are not isol again, isolating yourself. You are not an island. Right. We are all a team. We are all working together. Um, and don't listen to Instagram. So I put on an event it's called in sickness and in health. And I usually do it about once a year. It's usually a fundraiser for uh, social justice uh, groups um, where people in the event world are invited to tell their horror stories from work. And everybody has the story. I've had photographers. I've had makeup. I've had venue. I've had catering. Tell their horror stories whether or not it was the mistakes that they made or just the horrible things that happened to them uh, either on an event day or leading up to an event day. And I found that, you know, when you're looking at Instagram, you're looking at all these beautiful pictures. You're thinking, oh, man, that event looked amazing. You're never thinking of, oh, man, that wedding was so beautiful. But you know what? That that groomsman was really touchy feely, <laughs> got caught doing drugs in the bathroom and was a total a-hole the whole night. No one's going to tell that story on Instagram. Right. Yeah. And I'm, that's not what we're selling. I don't think you get any likes with that one. <laughs> no, but well, you might, but they just wouldn't be the kind right, of one. Yeah. Uh, so don't listen to Instagram or any social media. Everybody has their struggles. Yeah everyone no matter how new or old in the business they are it's there it's happening yeah it made me think of a story that actually happened to me that I wanted to share I, and it's I doubt that this couple will ever listen to this podcast but if they do I still want them to know that it upset me so I was uh eight or nine months pregnant I was probably eight months pregnant with my daughter and I had two weddings left to photograph and um, it was a very high-end wedding at a very high-end place in New York City and it was a lovely family. It was super, super, super nice. And in my contract, it said, you know, you have to feed me and my assistants or my second shooter. And I was so pregnant, I brought on a third shooter that I paid for myself because I was like, if I, I'm going to need to take breaks, it's very hard for me to walk. Um, you know, you'll pick up my slack. And I paid for her out of pocket. And I told the couple and they knew and they were like, oh, that's so lovely. That's so nice. Well, what happened? It was dinner time. And we're starving, we're eating. And I had a lot of food all day, right? When you know you're pregnant, you're like, I'm oh, just yeah. like uh, just housing food because I need the energy. And I brought literally a, a cooler of food <laughs> and I had eaten my sandwich and then I was like, okay, it's dinner time. And then we find out and that the couple, the family 
did not buy the vendor meals. And I was like, <sighs> what? And the maitre d' is like, no, there's no food for you. I'm like, what are you freaking talking about? There's no, f- do you see this belly? Like there's, it's in my contract. And they did it to the videographer as well. And <sighs> they, she had two, I had three and was so pissed. And I was like, are you kidding me? And I didn't want to go up to them at the, they were eating, right? But it just Mm -hmm. turned me off to them so much. And it was such like a light bulb moment that for me, I was like, well, now my contract, it says, if you don't provide a hot meal for me, I'm leaving for a half hour. And my whole team will leave and we will not responsible for any photographs being missed. And I know vendor meals can be like a weird sticky subject, but most couples and I think planners are like, we're, we're going to take care of you. We're going to make sure you're fed. You've been working all day. I've never had any pushback except for this one family that literally it just, it just ruins it for you, you know? And I just, I don't know, don't look fondly at them. And I'm like, bye, see you later. And my team was pissed. You know, they were so upset. And I was like, guys, just go get pizza. I'll be fine. I'm eight months pregnant. I'm like, I'll get the dance floor photos. But, you know, I think it happens. And that was like well into my career where that happened. It's like the family violated their contract. And, you know, it's just I didn't want to make a scene, but I could have, you know, I could have, you know, but in the contract, like you said, I couldn't have left because it wasn't in there and I would have been in breach. But now it's very clearly written out. And mostly most of my weddings were with planners and they're all like, so do you have any allergic, you know, what are you allergic to before the wedding Mm -hmm. even happens? So. You guys, it happens to everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I cannot even tell you how many times I have, it, being a planner, you know, trying to make sure that all of the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, have come into that. Wait, we have to do what? Can we just do sandwiches? <laughs> Absolutely not. You cannot just do sandwiches. We're looking at you eating this filet mignon and here we go. Yeah. Ham and cheese? Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, I've had cold cuts <laughs> one time too. But, you know, I think it's just like a, most couples, you know, are decent and they're just like, yeah, we're going to give you the same meal. It's like, what? It's like, I would take pasta. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it's fine. <laughs> right. Well, and I think, you know, kind of going back to that self-confidence saying, no, you are the expert. You know what's going on. Most of these couples have never planned a wedding before. Uh, or put on an event of of a large scale. So as long as you address it with them, most people are very open to the idea of like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. You're working for nine hours. You are with me through lunch. You you are with me through dinner. And then you don't leave until the end of the evening. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, coming at it from that perspective and not letting them override you that that is an who needs that? Why would I need to pay for that? Why would that need to be in your contract? Right. Well, it does. Yeah. And, and that's the way it exactly. is. So can you give our listeners three of your best tips for changing their mistakes into wins? Uh, I think you just pointed out a really great one. Relooking at your contract. Um, if you cannot afford a lawyer, which I totally understand, you know, go to that community of people that you might have, uh, share your contracts. I have, I have been known to ask my colleagues, Hey, do you have a blank a for, can I see your force majeure? Would you mind sharing this? Would you mind sharing that? And most people are open to it. Um, if not, definitely look into getting some sort of business coaching or online courses. Uh, a lot of 
lawyers are do offer things for small businesses. Um, so depending on what that mistake may be, looking at your contract. Um, and again, like I mentioned, adding in those fail safes to avoid your mistakes. So looking at what it is that happened, how do I avoid that in the future? Is it setting timers on my phone when certain things are supposed to be happening? You know, a lot of times everything happens all at once and there's not a lot of time to get all of those things done. An example of this, I had a wedding where I was supposed to be putting out the favors at the same time as the cake cutting, which is also when the dessert buffet was getting set up. And of course, some Joe Schmo wanted to make a surprise toast, which was <laughs> confirmed by the couple. I, I didn't just allow this to happen. Um, and I forgot to put out the favors at that time. I did put out the favors shortly thereafter, but I took it so personally. You would have thought that I broke all of their grandmother's heirlooms <laughs> that were the favors. But, you know, the photographer was there. They got all the photos. Everyone got their favor. I took it so personally. I got so upset at myself for making this minor mistake um, that, you know, what's the fail safe there? What did I take away? Well, I, I relooked at how I wrote up my timeline. So none of these details get mixed up. I asked for help on the day of, if I need to bring on an assistant or asking any of the other staff or any colleagues that are there, if they have an extra hand and things are getting out of control, it's a team effort. If one person looks good, everybody looks mm -hmm. good. Um, and you know, I, I cannot state enough, uh, be kind to yourself. Talk to the people around you. Do not self-isolate. You are not alone. Uh, rely on your friends and family. Yeah, no, that's wonderful type. Wonderful tips and great advice. I feel like if you have a community of four or, you know, four or five people that you're very close with, you can talk to them and get advice and, you know, just vent and they can give you a different perspective. And also, you know, getting the lawyer is such a good, good option. And we've had a couple lawyers on the show, the legal page and Maggie Fisher, um, and they provide services at a, at a reasonable rate for wedding photographers. So I'll link all of that in the show notes. So you guys can go there. Um, and they sell individual clauses too. You definitely want to have something that's written by a, a professional. So you know that you're covered because they've thought of the loopholes and all that stuff like that. So this, this has been so great. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you so much. My pleasure. So let's tell everybody how they can find you uh, more about you online. Say hello on Instagram and any other place you are. Yeah. So you can find me, uh, Ashley M Chamblin events, M like in Mary, even though that's not what it's for. <laughs> um, <laughs> or at me on Instagram at Ashley M Chamblin. Uh, and yeah, be looking out for those blue glasses. I'm around. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, <laughs> I'll link all of her social media and website in the show notes. You guys can just swipe up right now. Say hello to Ashley and tell her that you listen to the show. Thank you so much for being here. This is incredible. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being here and listening to today's show. I hope you liked today's episode. I want to give a huge shout out and a big thank you to our guests. Thank you so much for being here and sharing all of your tips and tricks and invaluable advice. We love you guys. Be sure to check out all their links and information in the show notes. You can find out more about them and their services and give them a shout out online and on Instagram. <laughs> 
If you're listening, take a screenshot, share it with your, um, in your Instagram stories, tag at Janae Kirshner, and I'll share it in mine. Can't wait to hear from you guys soon and share our next cup of tea together. Bye.